Well, again, yeah, uh, any time you place your identity, because you said, where does our hope lie? I And I think that that's right. I think, but in the course of this conversation, we're looking to find who we are, right? So it's, it's authenticity. So where do we place, do we place our hope for receiving our identity from our friends or our parents or our siblings or our culture or the guy at the grocery store from the guy who yells at you in the highway sometimes can immediately define your identity right there and while there are places where you should get identity and it should help to drive you you want to make sure they're the right places and so we're going to pick up right where we left off on this really rainy day in the northwest and answer the question how do i know if i'm truly being authentic Anytime you place your identity, because you said, where does our hope lie? I, and I think that that's right. I think, but in the course of this conversation, we're looking to find who we are, right? So it's, it's authenticity. So where do we place, do we place our hope for receiving our identity from our friends or our parents or our siblings or our culture or the guy at the grocery store from the guy who yells at you in the highway sometimes can immediately define your identity right there. We have an entire generation of people who followed a guy like Adolf Hitler because he defined their character. There was something that was missing in a nation that well, allowed them to be shaped. Gave now, there them were, purpose, right? That would drive forward or something? Well, because I don't feel like... I haven't read near enough Kierkegaard to know. Because did <laughs> it, it didn't actually give them like personal identity. Right, it did. No, definitely. They well, were there were people whose entire world there was there well, was a, scientists. And, yeah, yeah, there I was guess that's a good point. there was their entire cultures that were completely. And this is true today when you look at um, Islamic states, when you look at places where yeah. um, the most of... radical people have risen to power and shaped a culture. There's always the disassociated, disaffected who are um, because it's seeing, sensing that something purpose, is wrong right? and fading out, but they wind up they try to exterminate those people or they try to push them or, or get them to leave. I mean, I'm, I'm taking that to still, an extreme, but yeah, still. Well, I was going to say, because to me, that's similar to what you're saying, like like about a herd mentality or a gang. So you have one person that's got this, maybe to his Strong core. Strong personality. Mm -hmm. um, I believe this, even though probably underneath his core, he doesn't really. But <laughs> but the rest of them kind of fall in line just because they have no purpose or nothing in their core. But people that want gives them answers, a stability that gives them fulfillment stability. that gives them motivation for life itself right people like so they definition catch on to that over, they... yeah people like definition things that they can it's this weird thing that i think human beings i don't understand us for the life of me here's the rules and here's the relationships they seem to never meet you know we mm -hmm. we um uh the rules should be there there are boundaries or goals should be there to help sustain relationships Instead, we have these rules and we, we begin, we either worship the rules or we, you know, worship the relationships and we throw out the rules. So we either worship the rules and throw out the relationships, worship relationships and throw out the rules. I think <laughs> yeah. that's what I'm getting at. Mm -hmm. And so with guys like Adolf Hitler and others, you know, uh, Mussolini and those just bad people who've lived throughout time. Um, these guys were defining strong people who gave solid rules. And that was something that uh, people could latch on to. And so people followed him because they had some security the, uh, or some sense, this is what it is. But then what would happen is they'd have to disassociate themselves from relationships. That's That way you could dehumanize Jews because, Pe yeah. because they weren't become... people. They didn't fit the rules. Um, and then uh, you go to the next thing is to, I think we work really hard though. So it's, it's like this, we, we create rules in order to secure relationships. We think if we act a certain way, we will fit into, and in Hitler's environment, the state will fit into what we're supposed to be our nationalist 
thing our whole night. And so they, they followed the rules in order to fit in, and everybody was then living in this... Well, we'll live up this, to this or that standard or something. Yeah, they is live up to a standard, or? and everyone assumes that everyone else is following the rules because the, that would be in his society because they thought that that was... That he was defining the national conversation, and even today's marketplace, we know that in, in advertising, we know it in marketing. You know, I want you to believe a certain way, so therefore, I tell you this is what it's supposed to look like. And the media does the same thing; says, "Here's what you're supposed to believe about," or the your your neighbor says, "This is what I believe." And even a stupid thing is, even with your neighbor, if you're a personality, if, I mean, it depends on the, some of it's personality driven because if you're like me, I like people to like me. So mm -hmm. I recognize this. My neighbor believes a certain thing. Everything in me wants to agree with them completely <laughs> or find a way to agree with them because I want them to like me. And so I can throw that out the window. If you're some, if you're a different, different personalities so, really don't care. They're like, well, oh, I, I'm a, I mean, I'm so Noah. That's a good question because you don't actually agree with them, right? You're just saying you want to find places where you do agree i hunt for common you... ground but you but but the root the problem with the the, the, the fault actual, in my system know. is is that is it because i want to find common ground or is it because i want to be liked by them if i want to be liked by them well, i'm losing sure. my authentic base i'm not being who i am i'm mm, i'm yeah. sacrificing that if because right. if that's the driving motivator is their acceptance then i'm i'm not um yeah so to I'm me, not me anymore my I'm personality there's a fine line between because I don't I don't know that I would necessarily think that I would want like their approval, but I would definitely want to find ways for them to not immediately think they disagree with me or that I I disagree with them right. because okay, so here's that's important though I mean in being who you are the question is in the conversation are you willing to give up ground in a conversation in order to keep the door open for another. Yeah. conversation in other words and as evangelists, i'm not giving up who i am I, I, like i said the the personality that i am is i want you to like me can we lay under a bus okay i'll lay under a bus do you like me i don't my, being mm -hmm. being um tim keller said people who need to be accepted don't really care about indignities just as long as they're accepted you know sure i'll be i'll be you, you think I, you don't want me to go do terrible things okay fine just like me whereas somebody who is you know a stronger lion type personality is going to be like i don't care what you think of me i'm going to do what i want and yeah. so and that, but none of that's somewhere. balanced. Yeah, none <laughs> yeah. of that's balanced. So none of, not balanced or none of that is um is is like correct healthy motivation or healthy yeah. Yeah, is is a good healthy way to be. I Well, if you end up in either of those extremes, most of us wouldn't go to those extremes. We would somewhere in the middle find the toggle between I definitely don't want to cause conflict necessarily, especially right up front as I'm getting to know someone don't necessarily want them to think that we're on opposite sides of every you know of issues or whatever at the same time as i'm not going to necessarily give this is who i am anyway i'm not going to necessarily give acceptance or uh, approval to things that they might say that i do that i don't agree with so there's going to be some yeah you're not but see at that point in time but, i think there's the wisdom in just choosing to be silent for the yeah. moment i was gonna say because that doesn't need to come in it doesn't have to come into the setting at that point but but back to when if it affects your identity is what you're saying right if it, if it becomes something that you just cannot literally have no basis for what you really do believe or think or stand on and that if that does not define you that's exactly what i was trying to say way back with the foundation that that you come from is a truthful outside of yourself non-negotiable stable rock then you you don't have to worry about your own 
flexing back and forth or your own instability, I guess what I'm trying to say, because that stays stable. Yeah, the question- now, the problem is that are you willing to realize that that stability, that, uh, to me, the fact that God is who he says he is, also means, like Isaiah 55, that there's no way I can ever know his ways or can understand anything about the way he thinks or operates. I can try to seek him. I can try to let him lead me. I can try to be um, one who loves him because he's asked me to do that. But I also have to be one that understands his authority, his place of complete, um, you know, complete holiness complete separated out from anything i can understand so that i can't question when i don't understand things Mm -hmm. i mean in other words i can't let all that fall apart just because it doesn't make sense to me if he is god then let him be god not me right not not me have to make those you're basically yeah so god's the foundation at that point in time for for our for our core our identity so we don't lose that is that what you're saying? Well, Am no. I missing what, I'm, something here? what I'm trying to get at is when things, when a boat is rocked, when I've always con- been concerned in my own life. If I lost someone dear to me, how would I respond? Or what, you know, or if this or that happened, how would I? And, and there's been things even just that I pray and it doesn't happen. I ask for and it, it hasn't happened. But I realize those are flaws in me. Not necessarily that God has to do what I asked him or he's not God. Or he has to answer the way I was hoping, or there's no miracles, miracles don't exist. Or we were in awe of a um, one of the worship leaders in our, uh, not in our circle really, but somebody that we follow that lost a baby. And they, and they, in the midst of grieving, had written a song and was performing it called Miracles. And so in his testimony before the song said, we didn't get the miracle we were hoping, hoping for. for. I've still got to believe. My faith is based on that I've still got to believe there's a God of miracles. That he is the God of miracles. So it was a really great statement. Of all these Christian leaders that have conf- been confused lately. And kind of saying they're walking away from things. This was the most authentic the other direction. We don't understand or know. And it, and it doesn't make sense to us, and we are grieving and heart sick right now. But God is still God, and if He chooses <clears throat> to do a miracle, that's His to choose. In other words, we can't base our faith on whether, like you just said, legalistically, we do these right, so therefore this must happen, or we did this, or and this must happen. That that's not how God works. God is God. He's not something that we can define. Well, I don't think that that's the problem is I don't think we need to be trying to define something that's not definable. God has revealed himself to us in scripture. We, and he's he's been forced in that revelation to define himself. You know, Abraham said, um, who shall I, you know, who are you? And he says, I am. And Moses said, who shall I say? He said, I am. I am. Meaning that (laughs) so much of that is pretty much the question that he got. Um, But the, uh, but the. But as it went on, then there was the Ten Commandments, and there was these basic rules. Then Jesus defines the Ten Commandments down. If you love God and love one another, it's all going to be wrapped up in that after they've got 630-odd laws. So it gets all of this convolution in there. But the point of the matter that I was trying to get at a minute ago is we have a, we have these two things. We have defining rules in relationships. And I think that God never intended for rules to be 
a thing. Relationship, one one rule mattered. You're, and, and Jesus says that one rule matters. And, and I think that even Jesus' statement, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and self, and love your your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself, it still can be condensed to one rule, love God. Because if we do that, then we're going to love our neighbor. There's no way we can love because God without loving everything kids, that right? he created. Yeah. And so... And then back to... He said the law was given so that we would understand how far we are away from him, not because. Yeah. Well, yeah. So the rules, the rules, the law, the us. Torah, the, the guidepost, exactly, was given to define that. But what I wanted, what I want to get at this is we want definition of guides. For, to, this goes back to the fear thing I was talking about. We, we're afraid we're going to screw up the relationship. So if you give us, just tell us what we need to do not to mess it up. Those rules are rooted in a fear thing. So if you give me these rules, then I won't mess it up if I follow these rules. Well, the reality is relationships are fluid, not static. Rules are static. And so if you have a relationship, you're going to make mistakes because you're human. You're going to f- flub it up now and again. But loving God and loving and, and him loving you is going to allow for mercy and grace right, and recovery. Say, we used to define it as there was, there's grace and there's law. And the, the uh, scripture that Micah quotes is, you know, Moses came to give the law, but Jesus came to bring grace and truth. And the, the point is that we cannot understand what the purpose of the law is until Jesus came to define why it was there for the relationship, like you just said, yep. that, it, that it had to do with. And that's and that's what I'm and that's what I'm driving at is, you know, we we want something. Even still, the rules are about relationships. Because we're, we're so back, wanting the rules to, to hold on to the relationships. When in reality, we're supposed to walk in relationships and experience existence together. And, and what I'm trying work to say is authenticity says you are who you are, but you don't define who God says you are or who God says this person is by some sort of, of small definition that keeps everything in a particular right line or whatever or that's where you you fall because you you have to let god be god you and i can't be that so it's mm-hmm. it's just i feel like that's where it's um disappointing people i guess is because they think they have <coughs> defined these things well that's they what think i mean they figured yeah, these, these things out and just... instead of letting god so do to what the, god yeah. does and be him who he is and us not tell him what he is uh, the only thing I can imagine is in in one instance you've got a guy who came up in a relatively um, strict environment, and in another instance we've the, the stories that we've experienced. Yeah. And in another instance you've got a person who came up in a very experiential environment, um, and in both instances something was missing so that the relationship was not wrestled with um, with room to move. That's what I'm getting at. Laws and rules are static. In other words, you're supposed to be a certain way. Ten Commandments, let's set them aside. There were 633 other, or 31, depending on who, which Torah you read or how you break up the first commandment, um, that were given by God, right? And they, um, and they, and the, the, the Hebrew people were working to understand and interact. And they had, if we just live up to these rules and we're good with God, well, they're still trying to be good with God. If you're the child of God, you're good with, my children are good with me. They may not act good all the time, but they're good with me because they're my kids. And that's the relationship aspect there. Do I want them to behave certain ways and do things that are beneficial to them rather than things that are harmful for them? Yes. But their law, their lives are not about living up to those beneficial harmful things their lives are about relating to me as you and i get older 
it's more about just being with our kids and enjoying them. And we're finding merit. That's where most of the merit comes from. So when all that to say, so when you come up in a Christian tradition and in both these stories that we've observed over the last couple of weeks, three weeks or so, that's extremely expectation driven. I look this way or I'm not what I'm supposed to be. Or I'm, I don't, I don't, I'm not accepted. Remember I talked about that deep, dark secret. Well, what if that deep, dark secret is that you're living this great outward going, praise the Lord, hallelujah, Jesus, experiential kind of life, but on the inside you're conflicted and you don't feel like that's really who you are. And as a result, and that, I'm just as hypothetical, right? And so you're not, you're not having your outside and your inside aren't compa- compatible, but you're doing the outside thing because that's what you thought you're supposed to do. Yeah. But you're having these internal, and you're afraid to express those inter- external those things externally to a pastor or a friend, or another person because if you that's do, they'll the know your deep is. dark secret, well, and you'll be exposed. And so what they do is to they me, break down and they walk away. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you're right. That's to me where the the authenticity I was trying to drive in at. I think if I'm not able to admit my struggle or my my weakness or my um you know, lack. My, my lack of whatever it might be, discipline or or understanding or whatever, then how can I grow, first of all? How can I really get in touch with where I need to grow, where I need to understand? And then why, and then will I, will I hang on to that? Because it won't be real. It won't transform me. It won't make a difference if I'm just declaring something over here and then over here really struggling doing whatever, right? I mean, that's what I, I... I've always hoped and prayed, I think, that people would see that they're not experiencing, when they go to church, they're experiencing people, but they're not experiencing Jesus until they've acknowledged who he is and answered the call of of the heart that he's, you know, the speak, the one that when he's speaking to them directly. I guess I'm just saying it's it's his voice they're longing for. It's his love they they crave it's, it's every human relationship being is, is, is longing i think for a voice that speaks to their soul the soul being their being their that's um the hebrew word for soul is um the entire being that speaks to who they are and says you are valuable loved you're value. loved you are accepted just the way you are and because we want that and we have this sense in us i think fear that something's innately broken, something's wrong. Anyone who tells you that they don't believe that has got some serious denial cases, but every human being just has this sense that something's just out of sync. Most of us spend our lives trying to solve that problem. Jesus says, I love you. I accept you. I, you're accepted. I care about you. Come home. I'm the, thing, the answer yeah, to the, your problem. To reject Jesus is to not come home, is to not respond to him. Is to have it when you say to a father, I mean, think about the story of the prodigal son. The father, he said, I want everything, and he runs away. And the father's sitting on the porch looking for him every single day. That's the most one of the, the most beautiful aspect of that story is it's a daily habit for the I'm father watching. to come out to that porch and watch for his son to return. But what's the wrestling match that Jesus is telling in that story? The son is out there desperately trying to fit into a world that's doing nothing but just ravaging everything that he is and taking everything away from him until he's no longer he's used up. That's the story of the world. And then when he's used up, he has nowhere to well, go and, and he's just groveling along and he doesn't feel like he can go back to his father. And I think looking because he's for satisfaction. Something's broken there. 
like I was reading that um, that post I showed you a while ago about not when you don't feel satisfied when you're not allowing because he's looking for satisfactions out in the world he wasn't looking for God to to be that satisfaction for him and that still is all who God is but all who God is you cannot define so when God is your satisfaction you know the, the anyway you're coming home number one you're also looking to him to be God for you to to truly be the ruler the reign the one who is in charge the one who is setting the standards setting the rules but they're but they're outside of you and they're they're not attainable so Jesus is the the one we go to the one we allow to be um, that bridge that satisfaction that whatever I get whatever I'm trying to say <laughs> it's okay. I mean I'm trying to I'm trying to follow you I'm not getting on well you said you had just said that the prodigal son was being used up by the world or whatever and, and I was just saying that he was going out searching for what he really had had at home the satisfaction of this or that pleasure or this or that whatever but he so like um the older son ha actually acknowledged that or the father acknowledged it to him when he kind of complained about well you gave him all the pomp and circumstance you know and then yeah. but he had said that the father said well you have all this at your disposal all the time so i guess that kind of addresses this particular issue if if people are coming to church or they're coming to a um relationship in general well no i'm this is where i'm talking about inauthentic when when you're going to a church atmosphere but you're not really engaging what is being said such as bible says god says to us seek me and you will find me when you mm -hmm. seek me with all your heart well that's a personal seek me don't come to this building or this group of people or this whatever and think you're going to find what i'm going to give you right so here's some places where yeah you're going to be kind of like the prodigal you're going to be happy and maybe you'll find some pleasure or maybe you'll find you know this or that temporary fix for your woes but that's not what god said he said seek me meaning that and and then like i said the whole bible clears up what that means we can never understand or know him until we're with him until we're the closest we come is when we walk with jesus who gave us the the 100 percent of god who walked this planet near to us and his spirit walks in us so he begins to clarify who god is but our finite minds cannot ever reach that we we're always seeking always you know the bible says that we should be seeking understanding we should be looking for insight we should be drawing near because it's not definable we can't put this in a box and say it needs to look like this way and, oh i'm gonna walk away i'm can gonna you walk put, away from it if it doesn't look like that but can you put any relationship in a box if right. you really stop to think about it i've been married to you for longer than you know a lot of marriages in america is mm -hmm. where i'm going with that and not like we've been married forever i mean no i know what you're saying yeah I mean, it's our forever, and you're going away for three forevers. But um, but the uh, I'm just holding on to that. the uh, The reality is, I've we we know about 
each other and we know a lot of things we can guess really good but we still say you especially to me sometimes greg you don't know what i'm thinking here because greg <laughs> doesn't know what you're thinking here and i'm going yes i do and then i tell you what you're thinking and you're going that's not what i was thinking and i'm going <laughs> well so much for my rules for tanya's thought processes my rules don't work and i think that god's intention if you go back to the imagery of the garden of eden god and god and adam and eve walking in the garden he was doling out relationship and life advice as life went on there was no intent to say here's the rules for life you're in the garden be gone the deist point of view is god created it and set the world in motion and now we have to figure it out that's not the biblical that's not the hebraic point of view that's not the the, the no, that's not the point of view that we see him. in those stories it's about a god doesn't desire to set us and people say he wants to run our lives no that's not the point wants to walk with us in life he created us to enjoy life with us and to share creation with us and to share wisdom of creation instead we decided well we'll take control of that thank you and leave us on our own and and broke up with it or we'll define it or you said this okay well we'll do this over here we'll do that even though we could never understand what he actually meant that's what i'm trying to say there's so much more behind it we have to trust that we have to trust him but trusting him is a big broad thing it is not trusting him and then translating that according to a person or Mm -hmm. the thing we have in our mind or the way we think it ought to work it's trusting him who is one we cannot define well okay and in a in a standard relationship meaning not deistic theistic relationship Mm -hmm. you and i isn't that the root of our relationship too what's the one rule that matters the most is if we can trust one another and, and begin to walk together and, and learn the wisdom of who we are, and truly in an ideal relationship, then things go well. But also, just as in a relationship with God, we breach our trust with one another at times. And so then there needs to be forgiveness. And no rule book. Okay, first I ask forgiveness, then I um, do this. And those things, while they're helpful to say, well, I need to ask forgiveness, to have this little list, those exist to support the relationship, not to define the relationship. Does that make sense? Rules are given that we can support the main thing, which is the relationship. They're not given to say, now, if I act this perfectly way, they're all, the relationship the rule, relationship is always going to go the way it's supposed to be. Not if it's fluid, not if it's dynamic. Well, and not I if, guess that's exactly what I'm saying. So if you if you go to church, you go and you, you say you affiliate with Christian people, it does not mean you have a relationship with God. No, people go to, that's what go to really church, you go to Kiwanis clubs and you affiliate with people exactly the way that supposed to. It doesn't mean you have a relationship with them. You go to McDonald's, you're not a hamburger, right? You know, just because you, <laughs> it doesn't make that's, any sense. I'm lost. I'm no, sorry. If you go to, well, you, I think what you started out what with I'm was if you're going to a club type setting, you might get everything you're going to a church for. The difference is we have a personal walk yeah. with the God of the universe. Mm. With the beauty of that, um, all that that encompasses, all that that means and we as humans cannot define that i think that's what i'm trying to say like you're comparing it to human relationships but it's not even comparable to that it's it's god no i agree (laughs) i'm i'm not at all trying to um there's a difference in the relation uh, there's a difference in the way a son and a father have a relationship versus the way peers have relationships and and you know the the biblical um stories often are trying to help us understand yeah god's god character children creation of god in in parental familial types ways i'm saying that um to the idea of authenticity 
we are constantly trying to figure out what the other person thinks we should be and then conform to that and we feel inauthentic because we're not truly being who we are we go all the way back to the authentic thing i'm saying that but one of the struggles the reason we have with how do i know if i'm being who i want to be who i say i am is because we're so busy allowing so many other things external things that aren't important to, to define oh, okay. how we should behave look act speak um what words we should use and shouldn't use and then turning around and redefining those words a generation later i mean nowadays when you say dope it doesn't mean you're stupid it means you're awesome you know there's a we've and that's harmless but you understand it doesn't mean drugs it doesn't mean drugs anymore you know and um so anyway well, it can but i mean it can anyway, but you get what i'm all getting you're at. saying is though yeah when we let all that affect what we how we understand a relationship with God. That's that's what I was saying before. Then yeah. it's no longer a relationship with God. It's now put into our terms or into our understanding. And what I'm saying is about being authentic. Yeah, exactly. That God is, you said this earlier, God is the foundation, the, un, the anchor point for everything that we are. Everything else around us, culture, all that stuff is, is shifting and pliable and moving. And we should never try to anchor ourselves, our identity, our um, to things that change. That's nothing's going to cause more tumult, 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 struggle in your own soul. <laughs> is um, that the Hebrew term? tumultuous? Is the word? There was nothing Hebrew. It was just tumult, gibberish. Oh. Tumultuous tumult. I can't say it still. Tumult. <laughs> tumult. Okay. Oh, well, that was comedic. Um, anyway, <laughs> there's nothing that's going to cause more uproar in your own soul than to be anchored to something that's blowing around in the wind. Yeah. And so, you know, and James writes about that. You know, this is a double-minded man is unstable as he's driven by the, by the forces of sea. So we have to be anchored to something solid. So how do you know you're being authentic? Well, you have to find the one who made you to help define what you're made for. You said purpose. I, I like that term. It's it's a so it's a, it's a well used term, but but it's even bigger than just I think purpose and mm. what you're made to do or be. You said that earlier yeah, on. No, but I, I think was it's... talking about in relation to some of those those broader illustrations, like the Hitler thing, whatever. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's I used to define it that way a little bit more. Um, <laughs> you used to? <laughs> I think yeah, I used to say that word a lot more. Um, word I'm that's it's how my kind of shallow understanding at first but i yeah it's so much broader because it's identity it's it's how we think of ourselves who and it, and it's just even as back as simple as what we consider uh the whole this day is about yeah is it is this day about me waking going to work you know, eating, doing this, whatever, or is this day belong to the Lord and I'll see what it, what happens. And then therefore I will walk with him, like you said, so that whatever I end up encountering, I'll walk with it in that understanding because the things I will encounter, I will not understand how they could be eternally matter, but how they could, you know, matter yeah. to me. No, but God could show me or... It is that when we walk with him, we also are just living, and yet he's breathing and doing all around us and in us and through us. Anyway. I, I think the 
the thing I was trying to get at at the very beginning of the authentic though is if that's what we say then that's what we also should believe and live right and and never never allow our eyes to get distracted by whatever the the gifts are or the the extras and I mean I know it's just as easy for any of us but well for those of us who call upon Jesus it's important to realize that and I think what's happened in the case of some of these that have walked away um, is the things that culturally impact there's a confusion of cultural definition of Jesus yeah whether it's in a, a, a hallelujah charismatic kind of environment or a very strict fundamental type of environment those are both real places and there's there's value in both but just like anything when it's on an extreme and it doesn't live in what I like to call a dynamic tension of a relationship which a relationship has a dynamic tension about Mm -hmm. it it's never whenever when you think about it when our relationship when you and I have arguments it's when we have to be one way or another our fights when we have mm-hmm, fights it's yeah. i've got to either believe, i've got to believe in you or you have to believe in me. we're arguing over my side of the argument yeah. okay so but when we're good together when you and i are really good we can live in that dynamic you know where i bring value to you and i know where you bring value to me i joke you know if it wasn't for you i'm the helium balloon that would just go and have nothing mooring me down and i would fly off somewhere run out of air and just die crash <laughs> you know and you need me to bring you sometimes up off the ground a little bit mm-hmm. we vet we we need each other for anchoring and to fly we can't do it alone um in my relationship with um when i think about some people that get into these too much freedom or too much rules then those things then begin to inform who god is god's really strict and bound and or he's really super free and then when real problems come along they have to define they have to fit all the way to the right of this question or all the way to the left of this question there's no room for that dynamic dynamic tension and i don't not only then do people have wars with each other they have a war inside yeah because they're living in that culture too much freedom, too much rules. They're living in one of those cultures, and the freedom that's just kind of I mean the too not, much freedom means it's like, eh, well, you know, they're not whatever. Well, that's what I mean by not allowing God to be God in in the too much over here, like you're saying, kind of. I don't know if I would say it as too much freedom, but they would also be the ones who would believe that they could speak a word and God would do it, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas on the other side, they can do the right thing and God will protect or God will do, you know, so there's definitely too much of us involved in that, too much of me, too much of human. God is, is God. We cannot tell him how to behave. We need ourselves to be humbled and be, you know, brought low and broken before him. And then that was that other piece of that quote was amazed by him and satisfied in him because if we aren't all those things then there's gonna be all kinds of our own emotions thrown in there which will try like you said try to define who he is and that's that's not true it's who we are mm-hmm. can't put that on him or whatever i i there's anyway. there's so much depth that we can go into this stuff with and, it, and really it's so funny because so much of what conversation I think really matters and is important we really have in the same conversation over mm-hmm. and over again how do I relate in this world and get along in it and yeah. feel and feel the fullness of what 
this world has to offer. You know, when I see a sunset, should how can I be lost in the rapture and the glory of it rather than going, this is really great, but I got to go get ready for work tomorrow. <laughs> you know, or, or how can I, um, you know. How can yeah. I live to the fullest every moment, right? Yeah. Really. And as we but become, that relationship with God is what the key is to me. And that's exactly what I'm trying to say. You don't walk away from that because something over here has not made sense to you. You hold close to that, believing that eternally, one day, I'll understand yeah. when God wants me to. Well, I think of I think of the verse that you and I wrote a song about a long time ago that, um, or just wrote into music that's really '80s and cheesy. You know, the Lord your God that's is with sure. you; He's mighty to save you. That's he takes Habakkuk. great delight yeah. in you and quiets you with His love. He rejoices over you with singing. And I think that what's beautiful about that verse is just that it's relationship. God is a Father who. Back in the day, we said had all the pictures in his wallet. Well, now he's got all of our photos on his phone, right? <laughs> and um, and he he is more concerned about delighting in us, taking great joy in it. Now that I'm a grandparent, or you and I both, I guess we kind of became grandparents together, didn't we? Um, we are enjoying our grandchildren, and we're seeing that there's not a whole lot that we want from them. We just want to enjoy them. Yeah. And and um, we did that with our children, but I think there was when we were young parent. You're just really like wanting to get that right too, because everything when you're young in life is I just want to get it right. We're getting kind of older, and we're just like we just want to enjoy it. <laughs> we want to, and I think that that's some of the beauty of where you come to in relationship, and why people think it says things like youth is wasted on the young. I was wrong. The I for some reason said Habakkuk because there's a Habakkuk reference to um, Malachi, a song that we it? sing. No, it's Zephaniah three seventeen. We we know that. Oh. No, the Habakkuk one is even really powerful though too because it's talking about exactly what i had even just said though the fig tree doesn't bud and there's no fruit on the vines though the olive creep olive crop fails and the fields produce no food though there's no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls yet i will triumph in the lord i will rejoice in the god of my salvation yahweh my lord is my strength he makes my feet like those of a deer and enables me to walk on mountain heights there are definitely emotional times where that doesn't feel like that but that's kind of what this is reflecting i will remember those things like job said i my redeemer still lives even though i've been destroyed here the thing that we do is we we concentrate on our own self we look at our own self and then because of that we're mad at god and that's what i i think i'm getting at what authentic what's authentic about that why can't we just admit i'm the one messed up here I'm disappointed. Well, but, I'm discouraged. Doesn't I'm that doesn't that um, reflect though in children and parents on earth too? Yeah. I mean, how often? What are the who are the teenagers blaming for their miserable life circumstances? In an, in what I would consider yeah. an ideal or, or healthy home, they're blaming their parents. And one one of the so funny is as um, I've had some of my own teenagers as they've come through their teenagers, friends tell me. That they don't understand why our kids even complained about how we made their lives miserable because we were really good parents and they were, you know, I mean, I've had their own friends and I'm, from their perspective, you know, we were good parents. In other words, no matter where you are, if you're, if you're feeling that your world is down in the dumps and it's not going the way you want it to, you blame the authority in your yeah. life and tend to blame God when the authority, if it's a good authority, wants the best for you and just wants to have, and I've said it all my life, what I, if, if my kids get to an adulthood and they still want me involved in their lives and I'm a success as a parent. Mm -hmm. um, 
I mean, unless I made them yeah, into gangsters so and they yeah. to, but we didn't. We made them into <laughs> into people. They've, they're coming out as people who love, you, and then, they're coming yeah. back to me. Which means to me that we've put in our children a desire, a, a a mentality that says they can come to their father, which I think translates to their spiritual relationship as well. Yeah. That they they know they can always approach God does, and know yeah. that that He cares about them. And um, so anyway, that's a whole nother conversation. Mm-hmm. But um. I think we need to wrap this one up. We've been going for, wow, maybe we should just talk another 25 minutes and then you won't be gone forever and ever and ever. I can just listen to you each week, finish this conversation out. But um, we'll wrap this one up. And I, I think what I'll do since it's been a long way is I'll split it into a couple of episodes and Smart. and make it work. And uh, But this has been super cool. Thank you for talking to me about um, what are we, what are we, what are we awesome. talking about again? <laughs> Authenticity somewhat. <laughs> I think we nailed it. So in order to be authentic... Be you, be who Jesus made, be who God made you be to be. Be who you say or what you say you're doing. Yeah. Who you say you are. And all that other stuff that we said in the middle. And whatever you do, follow the rules perfectly. And if you do, then you've missed everything we've said in the last 70 minutes or so. Anyway, um, Tanya, I miss you. And for everybody else, I'll see you when you get back. Thanks for visiting with me. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.